Strength training number three. I'll put on too much muscle and be too sore. Welcome to the Run Smarter podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, and smarter runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am the guy to reach out to when you finally decided enough is enough with your persistent running injuries. I'm a physiotherapist, the owner of the Breakthrough Running Clinic, and your podcast host. I'm excited to bring you today's lesson and to add to your ever-growing running knowledge. Let's work together to overcome your running injuries, getting you to that starting line and finishing strong. So let's take it away. Okay, let's keep this season going. Season number two, strength training. We're up to episode three now and not too sure how long this one's going to go for. I think it might be quite brief because I've only got a few dot points and a few topics to cover, but it's an important one. So I thought I'd give it its own individual episode and it's one of the most common myths and excuses that I hear when I talk about strength training for runners. As I've said before, some clients, they hate strength training, others tolerate it or love it. And <clears throat> then you've got these runners who start their strength training once they're injured and they say, okay, I've got this knee pain. All right, now it's time to start working on strength training. And often it's too late or it's a uphill battle once you decide to take on strength training at that point. So a lot of people straight away tell me, Brody, you keep talking about this strength training, but I just don't want to put on too much muscle. And what about throughout my training plan, throughout my running plan, I'll just be too sore if I start strength training. And that will hinder my running because I'll have to take less running days to recover. So I'll break this up into two different sections. Uh, let's start with the, I will be too sore. First of all, if you're doing a strength training session, it's okay for the first week or two to be quite sore if you're doing something new. We call this DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness. And it's a common characteristic that results in micro damage of the muscle if you're pushing it to its capacity and these like little microscopic damage tears happen in order for the muscle to recover and become bigger, become stronger. This is different to a muscle strain. The DOMS that you feel is a good thing. It's usually the following day and usually only lasts 24 to 48 hours. Uh, you haven't exceeded your load capacity if this happens. If anything, it means you're more in the adaptation zone and the muscles just need some time to recover. But once they do recover, they are stronger. What I've found in the past is, yes, if you do something new, you will be quite sore the following day. But if you continue with the strength training beyond two, three weeks, the level of that DOMS significantly reduces. So don't be put off if in the first week or two, you're significantly sore and have to run less. That phase diminishes, so um, persist. If you're noticing after week two, week three, that the DOMS that you are getting is still reaching day three, day four, and it's putting off your running, it probably means you're working too hard. It means you're pushing your body with your resistance training. It's too heavy, you're doing too many reps, or it's too intense, and you should probably back off. DOMS should only last 24 to 48 hours. So let's start to break down this myth and hopefully this helps convince you. So it is a healthy thing. It means the muscle is recovering. It means the muscle is getting stronger and it doesn't last too long, 24 to 48 hours. 
And if it's going beyond that, it means you're doing too much. So it won't put off your training routine too much. Try and time a strength training session well so that usually the next day is a recovery run. Don't plan to do a hard, intense training session or running session the next day after you're planning to do strengthening, especially if you're not too sure how you will respond, especially if it's something new. We still want to be sensible with these things. And the scientific literature that's out there shows that endurance performance, like if you go for a run, it's largely unaffected by DOMS. If you do have muscle soreness the following day, just make sure that you have a gradual warm-up. Make sure that you start with some very, very light jogging, some dynamic swinging of the legs, and just slowly work into your run. Slowly build up the pace. See how you feel. In most cases, once you've warmed up, it's not going to hinder your running at all. And then if you work this into your routine by week three, week four, your body is used to it. The muscles will cope better. And with the repeated experience, you'll get far less DOMS and be able to maintain that same level of running that you had been doing. But now we're just elevating the strength training weight incorporating the strength training and getting those. Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign up link is in the show notes. So fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Benefits like I discussed last episode. So that's discussing the muscle soreness and the DOMS side of things. Now I want to discuss what people talk about putting on muscle. I don't want to become a gym junkie because it's going to limit my range of movement. I'm going to get too big. And don't you want to be a lighter runner when you are doing endurance sports? So I've heard this topic discussed on other podcasts and in other books. And it's funny how we paint a picture of the gym goers being the gym junkies, the bodybuilders, the really, really big muscles that can hardly swing their arms when they walk around. But what people will fail to realize is that it's so difficult to put on muscle when you are in the gym. Those bodybuilders and gym goers, they work so hard to try and put on muscle. It's extremely difficult and takes years of experience of tailoring the right type of strength training, doing the right type of lifting, the right amount of sets and reps, the right amount of frequency in order to put on those muscle gains. It's very, very hard to do. And what some people have described in the past is it's like having a a gym goer say, oh, I don't want to run because I don't want to be a sub three hour marathoner. It's so hard to do and it's so hard to achieve. People work so hard to try and achieve it and people naturally assume that that's the athlete that they're going to become. So keep that in mind. I also mentioned a little bit before that it depends on your training volume. It depends on the frequency. It depends on how much weight you're lifting. And that will depend on the the gains that you get. Someone who wants to improve on muscle mass and really build up their muscle is going to work differently from a runner who wants to improve their performance. They're going to work close to their one rep max. They're going to be doing it very frequently. They're going to be doing about four times a week. And the type of exercises that they choose will be very different to what a runner would choose to increase their performance. I'll delve a little bit deeper next episode when I talk about the guidelines for strengthening training for runners. Um, And I also wanted to include 
this concept called the interference effect, which is in this uh, Richard Blagrove's book, Strength and Conditioning for Endurance Running, because it relates very much to this topic. And if you do running and if you do strength training in combination, you're less likely to put on the mass and transform into that gym junkie appearance that you think you might have. So I want to read this chapter out to you. Another reason there is little risk of gaining weight during training programs that contain both strength and endurance training is a phenomenon called as the interference effect. Around a dozen scientific studies have shown that when strength and endurance training are programmed concurrently, endurance seems to benefit from weight training, but gains in strength-related qualities tend to be compromised. Hypertrophy, which is increasing muscle size, seems to be particularly sensitive and becomes more severely blunted with higher frequencies of endurance training. The interference with strength adaptation is partly due to a conflict between signaling pathways at the molecular level within the muscle. (coughs) It appears that the repeated muscle contractions associated with endurance running release an energy-sensitizing enzyme that blocks the pathway responsible for muscle growth. Given the ratio of strength training and endurance training that you'll ultimately include in your program, it is highly likely that the endurance training will prevent any muscle gains and muscle mass. Similarly, the scientific studies that have investigated the effects of weight training on runners have generally shown very positive benefits to endurance performance. So that's what the chapter says when discuss- you combine strength and running the body's going to prioritize the endurance side of things when it comes to putting on weight. I don't often see a gym goer in the gym that wants to put on muscle and is also doing high mileage running. So rest assured, you're not going to become a bodybuilder and those big guys that can hardly swing their arms when they walk. It also ties in well with this graph that Tom Goom has shown, which I discussed last episode, laying out the benefits of strength training for runners. In the past, we discussed that it doesn't impact your VO2 max, but it does improve your running economy, your anaerobic capacity, your lactate threshold. It reduces or delays the onset of fatigue. It improves maximal strength, improves the rate of force development. It improves your maximal speed, improves your endurance performance. And then we go across to the physiological effect And it says that increased muscle mass, it doesn't do anything for increasing muscle mass. It doesn't compromise any relative VO2 max. So if you do strength training, it's not going to reduce your VO2 max performance. It doesn't reduce your capillarization or reduce any oxidative enzyme activity. So we're not losing any aerobic performance markers, but we're gaining all the anaerobic performance markers, which is very reassuring for people to think about. I also want to talk about the fluctuations in weight that people have when it comes to endurance training and it comes to strength training and when it comes to diet. I think diet is the number one important factor when it comes to fluctuating in people's body weight. I have runners who train for a marathon and their first marathon, they're upping their mileage, they're doing so much more than what they're used to. They're burning so much more calories. They don't lose weight. If anything, some marathoners actually gain weight. 
And that's because they can either justify eating more or eating sweets and sugary stuff, or they're just really hungry all the time. And so they just keep eating. So they actually put on weight when they're getting close to that marathon race. And if we look at the opposite side of the spectrum, a gym goer who wants to put on muscle mass and wants to put on weight, they usually eat seven or eight meals a day and they're constantly working out, they're constantly lifting weights, but they're constantly feeding themselves with protein and nutrients to try and build up that muscle. It's very, very important for them in their training program to get the right amount of calories, to get the right amount of protein, to eat the right amount of volume of food. Otherwise, they understand that if they keep their diet the same as what they had, they're not going to see those improvements. So that lists the importance. So diet is very important when it comes to weight gain and weight loss. I have a couple of experiences myself. I was hanging at around 78 kilos training for a marathon and didn't drop one kilo to stay consistent at that 78 weight range. And it wasn't until I started having a few stomach issues, seemed to be some sort of food intolerance, that I went to a dietitian and the dietitian gave me a formulated diet to follow. And just so happened that the total amount of calories was significantly less than what I was used to eating. And even after four weeks of following this diet, I lost six, seven kilos, which made me skinnier in the face. And you could tell that I had lost weight. I hadn't lost weight in 10 years. I'd been the consistent 78 kilos for a very long time. Even when I just started running, started training for marathons, putting up a lot of mileage, burning a lot of calories, unaffected. And then as soon as I changed my diet, four weeks dropped that amount of weight, which um, which was very surprising to me. When I got into CrossFit, I was interested as to what would happen with my body weight. I was only doing CrossFit about twice a week and then practicing my technique and things outside of the gym. But So two or three times a week, I was doing strength training and noticed that my diet stayed the same. Uh, I was trying to eat a little bit cleaner and didn't put on any weight. If anything, I probably lost half a kilo throughout my time at the gym, at CrossFit. I noticed I was so much stronger, like I was pushing myself up easier. I was running faster. I just felt like I had more strength, but my body weight stayed the same. So I just felt a lot more efficient when I was doing, say, box jumps or burpees or skipping or running. All that sort of stuff just seemed a little bit more effortless. But like I said, started lifting weights, started lifting heavier and heavier weights. My weight stayed exactly the same. My body weight stayed exactly the same. So it's a good thing to keep in mind. What are some recaps? So we were talking about the delayed onset of muscle soreness. Make sure your training is appropriate. If you don't know how to train or where to start, seek an appropriate health professional. They're going to make sure that you are doing the right technique. You're not going to get injured, but your level of muscle soreness the next day is at an appropriate level. And even if you are a little bit sore, as long as your warm-up routine is satisfactory, then it's not going to impact your endurance performance. And then will it put on muscle? No, you won't put on muscle unless you train the body to put on muscle, which is the same frequency, the same weight, and the same diet that all those big heavy gym goers require in order to put on mass. But if you combine that strategy with running, the body's going to prioritize the running and you're not going to put on weight and you're going to have that interference effect. So you're in the safe zone anyway. 
that's it for today. It was nice, clean, clear, and I hope I got the message across. So we can put that myth aside, we can put it to rest, and we can continue moving forward through this season and onto the next season. I will also mention, if you haven't jumped onto the Facebook group yet, I will be starting to get some guests onto the podcast. I'm in discussion with Richard Blagrove to talk about strength training, talk about his book. And if you have any questions for him, please mention it in the Facebook group and then I'll, I'll ask him during the interview. Even if it's too late, I'm not too sure when I'm going to bring this episode out, but even if it, that's too late, I will be having future guests on and I'll be asking you if you have any questions. So please jump onto the Facebook group. You even get a little shout out if your question gets asked. So it's a better way for it to all be a bit more interactive and get what you want out of this podcast. So that's it for today. Hopefully you're enjoying the journey. Thanks for taking the time out of the day to give it a listen and I'll catch you next time. So bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Running Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content will have on your future running. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and keep listening. If you want to learn quicker, jump into the Facebook group titled Become a Smarter Runner. If you want tailored education and physio rehab, you can personally work with me at breakthroughrunning.physio. Thank you so much once again. And remember, knowledge is power.